Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio-Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the Dean and Founder of DirectionsUniversity.com and the co-founder of both TheLeveragists.com and Divizio.com, the all-new affiliate network for people doing good in the world. We have got a fantastic show lined up for you today. We have my co-host and all-around partner in crime, the Associate Dean of DU, Jack Humphrey, joining us. Hello, Jack. I thought I had you unmuted. Let's try it again. Hello, Jack. Hello. How's beautiful, sunny Florida today? It's beautiful today. And I know you are going to have so much fun on our call today with this guest that I have lined up just for you. Just for me? You brought me a guest for my very own? I did, because I've been dying to get you guys talking. Best way I know Let how. me read about him. Let me read about him here real quick, and we'll get going. Today we have okay. Jason Drone, who's been marketing online for 10 years, working with hundreds of businesses and thousands of entrepreneurs through his software apps and done-for-you services. He's best known for his quickest path to cash strategies, where he cuts years of testing and development out of his clients' lives and delivers sales funnels that are both automated and profitable. Hey, Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. How are you doing? I'm doing great. That's I'm, uh, I'm really happy pretty to well. be talking to you. Yes. Go ahead, I am certain that by the end of this show, you are going to give Jason the award for being the leveragist of the year. So I'm going to sit back <laughs> and let you take it away so you can see why I say that. Okay, but that's kind of stuffing the ballot box uh, there, <laughs> Tina. You're supposed to let that happen naturally. So we'll see. Oh, we'll just see. see we'll- We'll maintain editorial abstinence here, or whatever we might end up calling that. (laughs) I'm sure we will, though. Uh, So, Jason, we're going to start you out like we do everybody every single week. What Mm -hmm. is getting you out of bed in the morning with a fire in your belly to attack the day? (laughs) That's a loaded question because it's, you know, day by day is a little bit different. Um, at the end of the day, I, I, I love helping entrepreneurs grow their business, scale their business, and using digital marketing as a way of doing that um, by leveraging you know, paid traffic strategies or sales funnels or sales strategies or ways to automate their business without necessarily hiring more manpower um, or you know, needing to take up a lot of their personal time. You know, so at the end of the day, that's what I do. All the software apps that we build are are all automation driven. Um, All of the sales funnels that we build are automation driven. Uh, And it's just about creating high leverage opportunities for entrepreneurs. Tell me about some of your products. Do we do we have household brand name recognition here? Uh, (laughs) do, Do some name dropping. Yeah, so none of them are necessarily household name uh, brand recognition. It's not like we started a, 
a Wistia or a, you know, YouTube or anything like that. Um, so we have three different software apps. One of them is Scriptly.org. Scriptly writes email autoresponder sequences and webinars for business owners, for marketers. Um, so basically it takes the complicated copywriting process, the, the, the copywriting flow out of the mix and um, does 90% of the legwork when it comes to automating copy um, in marketing channels. Okay. The, uh, the second app we have is an app called TimeSlots. TimeSlots is a, is a sales call scheduling platform. So it's really built for strategy sessions, for coaches, for consultants who are, you know, basically sending a link out to their list or, you know, on Facebook or whatever, having somebody sign up for a strategy session with them, asking them the questions required to, you know, kind of delve into their business a little bit and make the sale ultimately um, and, you know, get a close, you know, from, from somebody. And then the third app, cool. the newest one that we launched is an app called Curately. So that's at curately.org. It's a content curation app. So it's meant for content marketers and bloggers who don't necessarily have a whole lot of, you know, person and a whole lot of time to write a 800 or 1,000 word blog post. You know, those things take three, four hours. So what we do is, is we created a tool that sources a lot of that material, you know, from blogs, from expert blogs that are already published um, and, and letting a, a blogger curate that content instead of, um, you know, just staring at a blank screen and starting from scratch. So those are the three software tools that we have. Um, and then, you know, that's all a, of them. That's kinda, I have to break in there because it's just so weird. It's like listening to myself um, <laughs> so many years ago. I think I know I, one of the reasons Gina thought we would hit it off. Uh, I created Curation Soft. Yeah. Way, way back in the day. You might have heard of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the words yeah. that you're saying about this are, are just brilliant, mainly because I think I've said them before, but, but, but also because it's true. I mean, it really, really is true. I think there, there, a lot of people really got themselves out of the blogging game, psyched themselves out of it because mm -hmm. they, they did just what you were just talking about, which is <laughs> – you know, you're sitting at a blank screen when you've got all this other stuff to do. And, you know, and, and, and a lot of people aren't really like those hardcore bloggers that write 100% original content, that yep. love it, that spend all day long on one blog post or even mm -hmm. days sometimes. I mean, mm -hmm. those people are to be lauded. I, I, I applaud yeah. them. Yeah. That. But most of us aren't like that, and we never have been. But a lot of people are like, all right, so first of all, blogs must be important. Content's important. Google likes content. <laughs> they like words. They like to rank things. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to be on this radar, I'm going to have to do something with words and content mm -hmm. things. But then right. I suck at writing things. And then everybody's just like, <laughs> ah, screw it. I'm just going to go pay for Facebook ads. And I'm like, no, curate, man. <laughs> I, I can't wait. I want to check that software out so bad. I want to see what's changed Good. in the world because there's so many more tools now. There's so many more things that you guys could be using than we had when I created Curation Soft long, yep. long ago. I mean, all the embedding abilities, and I can't wait to see it. I have to see yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it's, and, and at the end of the day, the challenging part is, especially when you're new, you know, when you, when you first start a business, when you only have, you know, yourself or a couple people working for you, the content process, the content in general, whether it's content from, for a blog post, whether it's content for email, whether it's content for a webinar or a video sales letter or whatever, the content generation is so – you just need so much of it to really sell 
Um, it's not one piece. You know, it's not one email that you send to your list. It's a sequence of 30 emails that you send to your list, which is why we built Scriptly, you know. So um, the amount of content and material that you need to produce in order to make Facebook ads work um, is, is astounding, really. And if, you don't, if, you, if, if you're just sitting, staring at a blank screen thinking, how can I move a prospect, somebody who is brand spanking new to me, how can I move them through the ADA process, through an engagement process that, that introduces them to me in my way of thinking, in my, my ecosystem of products or whatever, you know, what have you? How do I move them from where they are to where I ultimately want them to go, which is buying something? And sometimes that process takes one email or one sales video or whatever. Sometimes it takes 90 emails. You know, so it, it really depends on the prospect, but you know, the, the master of leverage is really the person who can do that the quickest. Yeah. And in a high-quality way, right? I mean, like in, in a way and that, in a high that quality is way and impactful. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, I can right. show you a ton of tools that will flop together 90 emails, no problem whatsoever. That's, you know, they're, they're, and you can get them probably for free because they were made by hackers in the first place. But they didn't understand what, you know, content was. They, they're more, like, into programming and stuff, and look what mm -hmm. I can do. And so mm -hmm. they go and put stuff together that just, just puts dribble together, <laughs> you yeah, know. Well, and a lot of people did that for a long time, but, that, you know, it doesn't make any sense because you have to actually make a connection with people. And if that connection it, isn't being made, then, you know, you still have that same problem that you started out with with the blank screen and, needing all this content. I'm absolutely right. sure yours is different, and that's why I brought it up, so you could uh, mm -hmm. further color that picture for us. Oh, yeah. I mean, back in, you know, back when I started 10, 11 years ago, you know, it was, if, if all you needed was an email list, and, and basically to send a link out in the email list, and people bought stuff. You know, this, that, yeah. it, that's just how unsophisticated the market was. Um, you know, just in general, people bought stuff. You know, now, you have, you, there's engagement, there's different ways of interacting with customers, there's different things you can send them to, blog posts and ways that they can interact with you and your brand that ultimately either brings them closer to you or pushes them further away. You know, so increasing the goodwill that you have with your audience at any given time, you know, so there's, there's a lot of push and pull that takes place in marketing. And, and the, 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 the push is really, you know, when you're, when you're putting offers in front of them and expecting or wanting them to purchase something. And then, you know, that needs to be balanced by blog content or Facebook videos or, you know, um, any of the other kind of engaging content creation, the content me methods that are out there. Um, so re it's really just moving prospects through this process that, you know, it might take a couple weeks. They might be in your list for six years. I mean, I have people that buy stuff, you know, first time they ever pull out their credit card and purchase something. I signed them up five years ago for some, you know, ebook that I forgot even the name of it, you know, but they're still on the list, still reading emails, yeah. you know, and, and they, they all of a sudden purchase. And it's like, wow, I'm so glad I kept emailing you for five years. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you know, what's really cool about that, that, that story, I have the same experience I think most list owners do if you're paying attention mm -hmm. to your stats and your people and purchases and everything. But the amazing gauntlet that one poor little email list member has to have gone through over years <laughs> of time with all the ISPs changing their rules six or 7,000 yep. times 
that they're even getting your mail in the same way, that they have the same email address, that they have the same ISP themselves, and about 10,000 other ways that they could not still be getting your message, whether Mm -hmm. that's legitimate or not. I mean, they just had to go through so much. It's like finding a little bottle in the ocean with a message in it. You know, like, wow, you're still here? That is so cool. I try to, I call people sometimes when they, when they engage and interact or, or something right out of the blue when I had forgotten that they would even possibly be on my list. It's, I mean, there's gurus and stuff who, who say things to indicate that they, the only way that they would know what, you know, is if they were on my list. And I'm like, well, that's a great idea. Maybe I ought to just call him up. I haven't talked to him in like 10 years I can't believe he's still getting my emails after all the crap that's going on with that. I just think that journey is fascinating. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really it's pretty spectacular, you know. And and not to mention how many emails that they have to go through to get to the one that they actually pulled the trigger on. I mean, hundreds, hundreds, and hundreds of emails, affiliate promotions, your own internal promotions, bonding sequences, and they still stayed on for that long. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, they could have ducked out for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, or more. Yep. I mean, just not. It just didn't come up on their radar. You know, Google's changed uh, things the most recently to promotions tabs and updates tabs, and you know, mm-hmm. people. They most certainly every single person on anybody's list has had a different view of you in different times. If if they go back even a year, mm-hmm. uh, and then for them to pick up that string, that train of thought again somehow. Usually, they get a new computer or they'll. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's going to take something like life-altering, like something big will change in their whole system to mm-hmm. draw their attention to a tab they don't normally click on or to, you know, and reinstall software if they use weird tools like Outlook or something, um, <laughs> you know, it, right. and they'll go, wow, I forgot about, I forgot about Jason. <laughs> this yeah. is pretty cool. Let me go buy something from him. Yep, yep. It's amazing. So anyway, so continue. Uh, as far as content and everything else, I mean, yeah, I think one of the big things is that you, you, you're not just staring at a blank screen because you have a blog post or an email to write today. It's worse mm-hmm. than that. You're staring at a blank slate. And yeah. on that slate should be written a, a year from now hundreds of little things that have to do with content and communications, mm-hmm. emails and blog posts and all the things because, like you said, it could be 90 days before somebody mm-hmm. actually, you know, or 90, even 90 contacts before somebody ever does anything. So you're not looking at a blank page today right now. You're looking at 90 of them, and you're looking right. at a lot of <laughs> blog posts that you, that you haven't done yet. You have a bigger problem right. than what you're going to write about today. Right, right, absolutely. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of the jumping off point that a lot of our software members, you know, they come to us for and, and is, is really just uh, – no, this is what I need. I need to promote my product. I need to promote my webinar. I need webinar replay sequences. I need to promote a strategy session. I need to promote affiliate product. You know, and Scriptly writes all those emails for them. And then for the people who, you know, they, they, they're looking for a solution, they buy Scriptly, um, you know, then, then sometimes they'll, they'll send an email and say, hey, you know, I love the software. You know, I, I, even with the software writing all the copy, like, there's still integration things, you know, like integrating with my autoresponder and how do I set up automated rules so that when they go to certain web pages, they get certain emails and all of this other stuff. So um, that enters into, you know, what we do for clients. So, so the, the, the other spectrum, the other thing that I do is actually offer done for you solutions for clients. 
um, writing their webinar, setting up their email copy, running their paid traffic, um, redoing their website, just so it all works together and, and creates this automation system that isn't just standalone. It's not just email. It's not just a webinar replay sequence or whatever, but it's actually a cohesive kind of uh, front end for their business the prospect can, can be engaged through. Well, that's really important. I mean, if, you've, um, if you have a business that has gone through uh, a year or six, even six months or so of growth, of mm-hmm. you know, new things, I mean, can't your information become a little disjointed from one piece to the next because you didn't set – at that point, you may have started with a campaign, but at this point, mm-hmm. you've done a lot of other things. You've gotten more ideas. You've had different promotions. Mm-hmm. And now your message is kind of disjointed, right? Like somebody could come into your stream and you'll be talking about one thing that they're really interested in. They'll read an article and then they'll get an email that, you know, after they sign up that doesn't look like – because I do this to my people all the time. I will realize that I've opted them into a list that I haven't for a while changed the the welcome message. And they'll be talking about something else, right? Like like they, they weren't interacting with just now. I imagine that's a problem for a lot of people, isn't it? Oh, totally. Well, and that's, you know, it, what, what ends up being the problem is when, when you start looking at your audience and all the different customer avatars that, you're, that you are, um, are able to influence and, and the types of people who are interested in your product. What I find a lot of clients have or a lot of what, what happens is, um, you know, entrepreneurs, we're creative people. We also suffer from uh, a pretty entrepreneurial ADD, I like to call it. You know, we're always kind of jumping from one thing to the next. And, and in jumping from one thing to the next, um, a lot of times what we create isn't necessarily all meant for the same type of customer avatar. So if we're going after, you know, people who, uh, let's say, um, we're going after professionals who are stressed, and then we're, there's, there's a component of that who the customer avatar might be spirituality. And then there's a component of that who, you know, so if you, it, it's really about arranging your marketing message to, to get to one type of customer avatar and then, then letting them discover the products or the product um, in, your, in your ecosystem that is, is really built for that customer avatar. So for example, you know, like Scriptly, there are six different types of people who are the types of, of uh, members who would be interested in something like Scriptly. You have your digital product owners, your physical product owners, your coaches and consultants, your software developers. You know, so each of those require different language in the promotional material in order to incent them into, you know, purchasing something. So right. it's important to know that. You know, it's important to set that up and, and to understand that not one message is going to just – you know, um, affect all of the different types of people who are coming into your process. And that's where automation, you know, that's where, um, you know, surveys and, and blog content and running rules based on what type of content somebody reads, that's really where the power of all that comes in. You know, because if somebody is reading a, a blog post on, um, I don't know, eight, eight strategies for marketing your ebooks online, that person, they're a digital product owner. They want to sell their ebooks. So it makes sense to send them promotional material that is about selling ebooks. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You would think that that would, that would be an easy thing to do. I think a lot of people, you know, you, you get the customer experience 
from places like um, who used to nail it, uh, like HubSpot used to just pull. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing nowadays, but they the reason that you have that customer experience is because they have trillions of staff members. These little yeah. energetic 20-somethings <laughs> that just drink Starbucks all day long and energy drinks, and they do all the stuff that we can't do anymore. We don't want to do, or right. for some other reason, you know, we're just not those kids. But they have millions of them running around putting together every single little detail. It makes you feel so bad as a business <laughs> owner who has none of that crap together, just none of it. I mean, it's like, holy crap, just this one landing page on HubSpot makes me weak. I feel like I want to pass out with all right. the work that is behind it because it's not just the page. It's the opt-ins and the sequences we already know, if anybody's ever gotten mm -hmm. on HubSpot stuff, are yep. brilliantly done, and they're very well fleshed out. And there's yep. graphics, and there's just beautiful images, and the images are – everything's integrated. Like, it's somebody who knows about colors and design put it together, and it's all right. beautiful, and, it, yeah. and the message goes with all of that. And you just feel like you're in a spa environment, especially if you're a marketer <laughs> and you know what's going on. You feel like yeah. somebody's massaging your temples because you know what the difference is. The difference is on your site and everybody you know, everybody else's site is like, oh, crap, man, there's a freaking broken image here. Right. And hopefully that's not happening on your site, but you know what I mean, right? It's like going yeah, from yeah. the front, a really nice part of town to the, to the back alley downtown or something. So, yeah. like, you help people to overcome that stuff, right? Because it's not because mm -hmm. people don't care. It's that we don't have a lot of resources in time and little 20-somethings jacked up on energy drinks <laughs> running around doing all our funnels and stuff, right? It's not our exactly. fault exactly. Well, and, right, and, and what happens is, is when people come to me, you know, it's, they already have the pieces of the puzzle. You know, the pieces being they started, they have, they have a webinar that's 75% done. They have a couple of reports that are that are that are half done, and they need to add some graphics and, and proofread them. You know, they don't have any report graphics. They don't have email copy. You know, they they might have some long form sales sales letters. You know, that they just haven't updated to video sales letters, and we know video sales letters convert better. You know, so a lot of times it's just making you know kind of kind of fitting the puzzle pieces together, the stuff they have, just fitting it together into something that works you know, into something that is functional that we can actually go out and buy traffic for. Because traffic, you know, buying traffic isn't a, it's not a, it's not a shot in the dark thing. You know, if, if, if you start um, going and spending five bucks a day on Facebook ads or 10 bucks or 20 bucks a day on Facebook ads, you know, the, the, the goal is, of course, to generate revenue from that. And so many people who, who just kind of say, well, I'm just going to give Facebook ads a shot and see what happens, they fail. And they fail because they don't have the processes set up to uh, work that traffic. They don't have the understanding from a customer avatar standpoint to put people in the sequences that, that are actually going to sell them something. You know, well, the, the, the doesn't help that, set up. Yeah, and plus it doesn't help that what, you, what you're seeing on Facebook, just personal stuff from friends, family <laughs> associates, business associates, things like that, is everybody's highlight reel. That's, Facebook is a highlight reel. It's a... It's a, mm -hmm. it's a it's, it's only missing that guy from the movies in a world. You know, every single time you look at one of those posts, it's somebody jumping off a cliff, out of a plane, skiing, having beer at a beautiful place, a mountaintop. You don't ever see people putting their email sequences together. Hey, guys, check mm -hmm. this right. out. That never happens. But so somebody says Facebook advertising is 
the bee's knees and you've got to do it. I'm becoming a millionaire and you can too. Well, how, mm-hmm. how much energy would you have to go from that adrenaline rush of somebody saying, hey, man, check this out. I'm advertising on Facebook and here's how I did it and you can do it too. How is somebody going to come back down from that and go, wait a minute, I need to get 90 email sequence together. I got to get, I got to, you know, it's hard. So right. people go, it's like those girls in high school back in the 80s who had like fixed their bangs in the front all day, all mm-hmm. morning, but came to school with the back of their heads wet still. Like the front porch <laughs> is great, looks beautiful. And then you pass them by and it's like they didn't even do anything in the back. How do you, get, how do you work with clients to get their back end done? before they ever go touch Facebook or anything else. They, they got to get off that highlight reel, right? Yeah, it's the last part of the process. Everything, I mean, you know, adding traffic is the last thing that we do for clients. You know, so, and that's, that's really what, what starts the fun conversations, which is, all right, you got blah, 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 leads, sales, conversions, you know, all of that stuff. But um, traffic is always the, I mean, if there was a three-step process to doing this for clients, traffic is step three. You know, so everything is, is building a foundation, you know, for, for the business really at first. And, and a lot of that, I mean, I, I did a lot of stuff in the internet marketing space. I was a super affiliate. I still am in some, you know, in some niches, um, you know, but at the end of the day, we ran a lot of SEO traffic. We did a lot of Google traffic and then Google started having all their updates and it just started eating away its revenue. And we ended up moving into something more stable and friendly, you know, which was paid traffic. I hated paid traffic. Up until that point, I was like, well, if I'm getting traffic, I'm getting it for free. You know, that kind of thing. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's exactly how I was, too, man. It took me a long time to come around to this advertising thing. It really did. I did. Yeah, and then it took me another six months to actually figure it out. And I spent a good $40,000, $50,000 before I even felt like I began to have a grasp on what I was doing. Um, Still teaching in college. (laughs) Because once you figure that out, you can write your own ticket, right? So exactly. like I spent way more than forty or fifty grand in college, and uh, yeah. you know, and a lot of people nowadays are spending a heck of a lot more. I, that's my that's community college now. So like, <laughs> right. but but the education is priceless, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, at the end of the day, you know, it's it's we uh, everything moves from being product launch, product launch, launch this, launch that, webinars, affiliates, you know, getting affiliates, wrangling affiliates, having affiliates mail, you know, the whole deal. Everything switched to you know, really just, just applying a very, you know, uh, I have a sign that sits above my desk that says simplify. And simplify really, you know, is a mantra for, for what I do every day and, and a mantra for my business, which is just make, make things simple. And it doesn't get simpler than driving paid traffic to a landing page, moving them through an email sequence that ultimately sells them a bunch of stuff. You know, so whether it's webinars or VSLs or software, or it doesn't matter. The products don't matter. You know, it's just about managing leads, lead cost, and conversion. And if you have those three numbers, then paid traffic becomes very, very easy to figure out. Um, so traffic is really just a way to, to kind of add fuel on the fire and, and just ramp up growth that much quicker. But there is a testing process. You know, you have to, you have to figure out, you know, which ads convert. You have to figure out who to target and, and which interests are going to respond to your ads and, and even what age groups and whether it's male or female or where they live, you know, the beautiful thing about Facebook is they give us access to all that data. You know, it's really just about putting enough data in the right place in the right way that you can look at it and say, you know what? People who are between the ages of 55 and 64 and like AWeber buy a whole lot of our software, 16 times more than Infusionsoft. Why? 
Who knows? But they do, so let's scale that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, during the process, you can probably eventually find out why. And then that little piece of mm-hmm. intel, because of sticking to it and seeing things through, um, can, can make you another $50,000, you know, just yep. because you stuck around and stuck it out. And I love what you said earlier about making things simple because we've, you know, you've been around long enough to know that the web is wildly more complicated than it ever was. I mean, it's just it is. wild. A lot of people will look at it in a positive light. I like to and say there's just a lot more opportunity. But you right. know, for getting exposure, for getting. But the thing is, that's like that gives you the deer in the headlights kind of syndrome. If you're new to this stuff, or if you, if you've been doing things for years a certain way, and you just pop your head up to look around, it can overwhelm the crap out of you. So for you to say that. You, you want it to be simple. That it, simplicity is a very, very core tenet. Um, I wanted to ask you, if you were going to teach a – you went to Tibet and you're going up the mountain, you're about 15,000 feet, you're real tired and everything, but you're going to help those guys with their website. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to explain it to a Tibetan monk. Simplicity is just the absolute core of what's going to have to happen here. Right? right I mean, right. they don't like complication. They're on top of that freaking mountain because they don't enjoy complication. It's the definition of who they are. So you're going to have to help them with their site, with their not their site, but their um, their sales process and everything else. Let's say they want to sell more T-shirts with Zen Buddhist sayings on them or whatever. <laughs> Man, I really got myself into trouble with this one. So, uh, but but what are you going to do? How do you how do you get how do you get that simplicity across in such a wildly complex environment that we have on the web today? Oh, that is a fantastic question. And, and really, I, the only way for me to answer it is step by step, you know, so uh, everybody comes, you know, everybody comes with their own offers with their own bag of, of stuff. You know, I, I usually use more colorful language, but since we're kind of live here, I won't. Um, so they come with their own bag of stuff. And, and it's really, you know, about finding the commonalities and figuring out how to put that stuff in, in place, and then filling in the blanks. You know, so that stuff is disjointed and it's disjointed for a reason. Um, So, you know, what do we need to do, like me and my team, to put things together in a way that uh, it makes sense? And sometimes it's a few tweaks and sometimes it's a whole 30-page ebook that we got to write. You know, it just depends. Um, You know, but really it's just every, you know, we every week we get on a status update call with the client and, and the client and we take them through and say, this is what we did and this is what we're doing. And this is what we, we are doing. This is what we will be doing, you know, in the next week. Um, and then we explain the steps of the process and why we made the decisions and, and took the action that we did. Some clients want to be right there in the mix of things in the, every step of the way, you know, approving copy and, and, you know, ads and all of that other stuff. And, and other folks are just like, you know what? Just do it, get it done. As long as it works, it works, you know? So um, press is really about making, making that process as simple as possible for the client too and explaining what they, want more, what they want more help or coaching on or teaching where that is required. The one thing I will tell you is that especially once you start getting into paid traffic and even after you start generating sales from an automation kind of process is clients are still – they're still like, well, I don't want to spend more than $20 a day. And it's like, yeah, but you, we just made you $300 on that $20. You know, of, you're, you're a business owner. You're in, you're in business to generate revenue and make money. So if I, I mean, if, if we spend $40 and we make 600 that's a good investment. If we spend 
$80 and we make 1200 then that's how we grow. And sometimes that process requires a lot of coaching. <laughs> Anytime you need me to come into that situation to rectify it real quick, <laughs> you just let me know. Because I'm going to take a person by the collar and slap them silly <laughs> if they argue with you about spending another $20 to make another $300. Because that is the height and the epitome of spoiled. I mean, because most people can't get to that. Most people can't turn no. 20 into 300. And they try yeah. and try until they have to go back and get a job again because they fail. Most yeah. people do. Most campaigns fail. Like, yeah. you know, most ideas fail. You know, yeah. startups, most startups fail. And so, like, when, some, when you finally got somebody that real precious sweet spot that everybody's chasing and they don't want to spend more money when they're already guaranteed to have that much Roy, you, yeah. you bring me in. I'll take care of that situation right away. They won't bother you anymore about their budget. <laughs> Thank you for that. I will probably be taking you up on it. <laughs> it's crazy though isn't it i mean that is really yeah. the holy grail and and that's what i wanted to get to even more let's go even more zen on this thing and mm-hmm. stop we will we'll, we'll change for away from the the practical step by step by step but what is it that you believe after all this time you know being in helping people with all kinds of markets you must have dipped your toe and had experience with lots and lots of different industries demographics oh yeah you know, you've you've watched buying decisions being made in a lot of different contexts and scenarios. So mm-hmm. I'm interested in asking anybody like you when I when I get lucky enough to talk to one of you, what is it that makes people buy now? And one part of it, the reason that I'm asking is that you have to slow down to buy something. You have to slow down to consider a decision. And to mm-hmm. me, and I know you'll you'll identify with this because you've been around long enough to know the mm-hmm. difference between the web then and the web now. To me, sometimes when I have a campaign that doesn't go well, when I have a product that I think is just freaking awesome and people should be wanting to knock my house down to get it, you know, and, just, <laughs> right. and it doesn't happen. And I'm like, uh-huh. wait a minute, this would have happened. I swear to God if it was 2005, I this, this would have happened. What, mm-hmm. what is the difference? You know, and getting people to slow down, I just feel like they're moving so fast that it, yeah, that, yeah. and there's, they're so confused by all the free stuff that we marketers have had to put out there that they start mm-hmm. maybe, maybe thinking that they don't ever have to pay for anything. That, mm-hmm. that I don't know what it is sometimes, and that's only for digital products. That doesn't apply to uh, hard goods, but the hard stuff, the physical shipping things, you still have to get people to slow down. Have you discovered mm-hmm. any insights or tidbits or anything like that where in your campaigns, when you're designing them, from the ad that you're going to put on Facebook to the landing page to the, you know, how are you going to get people to slow down in this world that just seems to be flying by all the time and harder than ever to get people's attention? It really is. And um, so a couple things. The first is a prospect is never more engaged engaged with you than they are right now. And what that means is, like, let's say you have a Facebook ad running and your Facebook ad, then you're, they're opting in, or they're, they're downloading a report or opting in for a report. The next page in your funnel, on your thank you page, you should put an offer in front of them. Now, I know that might sound kind of cliche and, and a lot of marketers do it, 
Um, but at the same time, you know, their your your prospects are never more engaged than than that moment on your thank you page when they just opted in for something at the first time. Now the conversions on that video aren't, aren't going to be seven, eight, nine times, you know, or seven, eight, nine percent. The conversions on that opt-in page are typically going to be three, four, five percent, but you're going to be able to to create a, a return on investment opportunity, you know, so you're going to create a, a, a liquidation event that then pays for more traffic. Um, mm-hmm. So we always include a thank you page offer, always, always, always. Then after that, so after that, they're they're in your process at some level. They're they're opening emails, they're hitting, getting some retargeting ads or whatever. The next thing that we do is we always try to create urgency in the next promo, in the next offer. So that urgency might be like a countdown timer. It might be like a flash sale or some sort of a fast action bonus that, that we take bonuses away or something. But we on that offer, you know, we basically say this is what you get. And if you buy before the next, you know, in the next three days, then this is what else you get. You either get a discount, you get some more bonuses, you get a strategy session call or coaching call or whatever. Um, but that offer goes away Thursday at midnight, you know, and if you don't buy by Thursday at midnight, then, then you don't get that offer. And just by creating the urgency, especially early on, um, we've been able to, to generate some pretty good ROI. You know, the, the trick is when you just, when you promote something that hard, you know, you need to counteract, you need to balance that with blog content or videos or something that, that isn't necessarily, you know, outright pitching, you know, a product, you want to just give them a bunch of content. If they click a link in a blog post that takes them to another sales video, that's okay. That's on them, you know, but you want to to add value. You want to add value to their life and to their business or, you know, whatever niche you're in um, and and reinvest and and reinvest back in them a little bit. Uh, And then you roll into the next promotion. So we predefine usually 30 days worth of, of promo kind of email copy before we, before we go live with any traffic, you know, just so we know that we have some, some good material that we're going to drip somebody through, whether it's a couple sales videos, whether it's webinar um, promotion, you know, whatever. And we bake in those kind of urgency elements. So sometimes it is just, you know, taking away a fast action bonus. Other times it's, it's a flash sale. So that's, that's how we try to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've noticed that people, you know, I'm addicted to getting in other people's funnels. I think anybody worth their salt in this business ought to be, and this business mm-hmm. being your business, whatever your mm-hmm. business is, yep. you ought to get in some people's funnels and check them out. And I like to watch how things have changed and how they've, that they stay the same. Now, some of the things mm-hmm. that you've mentioned um, were not invented this year. <laughs> I mean, no. they were invented back when you started. <laughs> yeah, Some of them. these are and not they, these are not new principles. They just haven't gone anywhere. You know, it's, right. it's still stuff that works. And you know, we have lots of new tech. I mean, there's Periscope videos, and there's retargeting campaigns, and Facebook retargeting, and video views, and and all of these other additional things that that are kind of layered on top of the traffic side, or on top of the conversion side, or whatever. But at the end of the day, I mean, the fundamentals are really what works, you know. So if one of those things allows you to engage with prospects at a different level or maybe a more specific or granular level, then that's awesome because you can pinpoint more specifically who you're advertising to. But at the end of the day, this isn't new stuff. I can't tell you the last course that I've been through. It's probably been three or four years since I've actually sat down and watched the video course. 
everything we do is, is application and learning and looking at real data on real campaigns and saying, what else can we be doing for this group of prospects? The, the, the getting right down to the zen of it, right to the very core of the simplicity, is that human nature doesn't change as fast as the mm -hmm. Internet. In fact, it hasn't <laughs> changed since the Internet started, right? Human nature stays right. the same. It's it glacially moving in a direction. And I think probably one of the most insightful things that I discovered was, uh, for me, was that, human, okay, if human nature hasn't changed, and it is not mm -hmm. likely to change in the next 500 years, it's human nature. That's like DNA-level mm -hmm. stuff, man. Mm -hmm. it, it, but we have a cultural shift that's monumental. Like, the Internet has really screwed our lives up in so many ways. A lot of people are like, eh, Internet technology is going to save us all. No. I mean, there's also some bad stuff, like, you know, people <laughs> texting and driving and, yeah. uh, and paying Pokemon no attention go. to each other at Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. <laughs> you know, like little things like that. And so human nature is having this problem right now with understanding this technology, human nature, mm -hmm. which moves at a, a geological pace and technology, which is moving every five seconds. Somebody just invented something new right there when I just said that. And, <laughs> and, it, just happened, and it just happened again. And right. so, so it's a collision of those things. But one of the things, if you, if you are scientific about it, logical about it, one of those things doesn't change. And that at least gives you a place to start, right? Yep. So like you said, yep. Periscope and Snapchat and all these new tools and all these different things, they're still, they're still orbiting around that one thing that doesn't change, which is human nature. Humans want mm -hmm. things. They like shiny things. They're easily distracted mm -hmm. by certain things. If you know where to put the shiny thing, it doesn't matter if it's on Periscope, Facebook, Snapchat, or Instagram. It doesn't matter the delivery mode. It, you know that that human being is likely to react in a certain way. If the thing is shiny mm -hmm. enough, it's the right color for them, and it, and it whispers in their ear in the way that – they want it to do so, right? right. So yeah. doesn't that at least give you hope that you can yeah. always put together a funnel? You can always put together a sequence, some copy, some imagery and everything that will be that thing that shines yep. in their eye from a distance and makes them want to walk closer to you. Right. Well, it's funny because I ran into one of my old college professors um, just a couple months ago. And she, she's a business expert. I mean, traditional business, traditional marketing, direct mail events, you know, the old, you know, traditional business marketing guy or mm -hmm. girl. And um, she, uh, um, she was like, oh, you're still doing the Internet thing. I'm like, yeah, what else would I be doing, you know? And she's like, oh, she's like, you know, she's like, <laughs> she moved Internet. on. I want to know what she's into. <laughs> right, right, right. She's like, oh, that stuff. She's like, it's so, so much different. It's just complicated. And I was like, really? Business is business. Business is business, whether you're a brick-and-mortar you know, retail store, whether you're a website, whether you're selling digital products, physical products. Business is business. It's all about prospects. It's about getting prospects converted. And, and you know, when you treat a digital business, um, the same as even a, a retail storefront, I mean, it's really just about getting people through the front door, getting people putting stuff in their shopping cart and pulling out their credit card and buying. You know, the, the medium is a little different, you know, but – the sales processes, I mean, you're still, you're still doing marketing. You're still talking the same way. You know, you're still selling stuff. Um, so people are still, there's really no difference. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, people are still human. You know, that, people, that human nature will always follow you around no matter what. We're always still dealing yeah. with the same basic things. Yeah. 
If anything, the web is a little, I mean, folks on the web are more distracted, as you brought up a little bit ago. They're a little more distracted. But as long as you allow for that, allow for the being distracted, set up a couple of rules that say, you know, if you didn't finish this webinar, then you say you get a, you get a link back to this webinar you know, or whatever. You know, as long as yeah. you understand that, that your, your Internet prospects are a little more, they're, they're not a captive audience. They're not standing in your store pushing a shopping cart, you know, with a two-year-old on their hip, you know, kind of. They're, they're, they're not that, you know, but they are sitting in front of the computer and the ones who give you their time and the ones who, who um, work, you know, who, who are, are open and receptive and engaged with you and your message, those are the folks that are going to buy. You know, so at the end of the day, business is business. Yeah. It really helps to understand and put it – I mean, I love this conversation. I think this is going to help so, so many people who listen to this because – I used to teach uh, wilderness survival and wilderness tracking, wildlife tracking mm-hmm. and things back in the 90s in the uh, southern uh, New Mexico and Arizona and northern Chihuahua and Sonora, Mexico. I would take Sierra Clubbers, city slickers from New York and L.A. They'd come, they'd pay a bunch of money so our, our organization could do the work that we do. And as a bonus, I would take them out and show them how to track mountain lions and bears. And, mm-hmm. and we'd throw a little survival stuff in there too if they ever got lost and things. When they got there, though they were environmentalists and they did hike and things, and you got out into those really tame woods on the east and west coast, they'd never been in wilderness before. And they were freaking out. When they get off the bus, so to speak, usually out of a Range Rover that they rented, which I would admonish them for, for the gas guzzling and everything, but, you know, uh, we'd sit around a campfire and these people would be scared out of their freaking minds. Mm-hmm. Everything they looked at was a potential threat. It could kill them because they didn't mm-hmm. know any better. They thought everything was an obstacle. They thought everything was out to kill them, bite them, eat them, scratch them, or something else. And then through the weekend, we would work and we would say, this is a tree. It's not going to kill you. This is a rock. This is, not gonna ki- this is a snake, but it's not venomous. It's not going to kill you. And all of a sudden, <laughs> at the end of the weekend, these guys are acting like grizzly freaking atoms. They're like, oh, man, this is no big deal. And they're just stepping over snakes and they're tracking mountain lions and everything else. Uh-huh. What you just described is exactly the same thing. I think for business people to just throw their hands up and go, it's all too complicated. I'm scared of everything. Mm -hmm. I can't make anything work because I don't understand. Well, just start pulling on that thread. Just pick Mm -hmm. a thread and start pulling on it and learning, right? I mean, and you can do it from people like you. You've probably got some place that people can start with you to tug on that Mm -hmm. thread and learn how to build a funnel or something, right? Yeah, totally. Well, and and the, you know, one of the most profitable, the best experiences that I've had probably in the last two or three years was um, we had a, a, a two-year-old. So we had a baby. He's now two. He's going to be two next month. Um, we ended up moving to a bigger house. And I kind of got this bug for woodworking, building our building furniture, tables and benches. Oh, yeah. For, yep. The daddy the thing. I did the same yeah, thing. The, right. <laughs> you know? so, I have um, to provide. I would normally be building a cabin to keep us away from grizzly bears in wintertime. <laughs> but that's not necessary anymore. But I still need to build something. Right. Right. So um, I, for the first time in, in a long time, ever since learning Internet marketing 10 years ago, you know, for the first time in a long time, I actually went through the discovery process of learning something new on my own without school by visiting websites and checking out Pinterest articles. And I was kind of a Pinterest junkie there for a little bit, repinning tutorials and whatever, you know, but I was a consumer and I was I was learning the DIY thing, how to do it myself. And I'll tell you, you know, I 
probably spent close thousand dollars between tools and wood and brackets and hinges and drawer sliders and all kinds of crazy stuff. And I built and replacement so drawer sliders because you broke the first and third <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Ball bearing the ball bearing drawer sliders on Amazon. That's all I gotta say. Um, so you know, <laughs> so in building and, and experiencing this, you know, I took kind of took a step back from the internet side, you know, from from the internet marketing side, and said, now somebody new coming into the world of internet marketing, if they're discovering internet marketing, what are they discovering? How are they moving through that process? And really, I would invite anybody who is listening, you know. To, to learn something new and, and go through the discovery process. It doesn't need to be in your niche. It doesn't need to be in your, in your thing or what you sell or whatever. But just go through it and learn how people are, are discovering you, you know, or discovering your niche and how you fit into that. It makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, it really does. I, I went through a period of burnout. I think that's pretty natural. You know, the mm-hmm. only other thing that I've ever done for the longest period of time was when I was in the environmental movement and I was, you know, uh, I was banging on doors at Greenpeace in D.C. and Baltimore, Maryland, places like that, um, and all the way up to executive director of a few organizations before I burnt. And it was 11 mm-hmm. years. And that was the longest mm-hmm. I'd ever done anything except go to school. So, uh, this is the this is now the longer thing that I've done, and in between, um, you know, in I, around 2010, I got burnt out, and I just mm-hmm. stopped learning. I just stopped opting in. I opted mm-hmm. out of everything. Mm-hmm. I just literally opted out of everything, and I thought, you know, something else will come. I'm just need I just need a change. I'm sick of this internet marketing stuff. I want to do something different. But what effectively I did was I stopped learning. I stopped opening mm-hmm. up emails, and I stopped opening up. Uh, ebooks and and the things I used to thrive on. I used to information man because it gave me my edge. Yep. It, yep. it it gave me everything that I needed to also turn around. And there were so many things that I realized about how I sold to people had to do with how I consumed information myself and training and things. Like mm-hmm. that's a really good idea. I'm going to use that in my next funnel. Well, if I wasn't yep. giving myself that fuel anymore then I was atrophy. I was entropy. Yeah. I, was, I was going inward and I was not growing anymore. So I stopped mm-hmm. coming up with really good ideas. And it took a long time to dig out of that hole. Because once mm-hmm. you start getting behind in this stuff, I mean, it's not like there's not something you could do tomorrow to learn something new and make a really big impact. But you are mm-hmm. getting behind every single time, every single day you wake up and don't open uh, something up that will help you learn yep. what it's like to be a learner. Right. Exactly. And that's because that's the, 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 the interaction your prospects are going through. You know, somebody is always either coming into or exiting your funnel. And, and the goal is to get more people into it and keep the people there for longer. You know, and so whether it's sales messages or webinars or emails or retargeting sequences or, or just blog readers, you know, um, the goal is to keep them there for longer. And if you understand how learning works, and, and, and how that discovery process looks, then you can influence that and you can give them a better experience for it. Yeah. Do you think it's natural for people when they're putting this stuff together? Because you've worked with a lot of people, so you've been able to mm-hmm. watch what they do and how they think mm-hmm. about in this process mm-hmm. of when they're designing something. Do they automatically naturally go, what would I like in this scenario right here on this email or on this page? Are they, <laughs> yeah. are they prone to do that, or, or do you have to remind them that's exactly what they should be doing at that moment? They're prone to doing what they like. 
you know, so, and, and I, and I'm the first one to say, like, I have some good ideas for marketing and, and, but my ideas aren't the best ideas. You know, the client's ideas aren't the best ideas. The best ideas for marketing are actually the prospect's ideas. And all we can hope to do is put a couple messages up and see which one they react with best or see which one they engage with more, you know, and then that now becomes a control and we try to iterate based on that, you know? Right. Um, so, so your first it, it, your first stab at something has to naturally be things that you have had a good experience with. So I could go back to the right. HubSpot example. The way they took care of you in their sequences, and I'm sure they still do it today, but the way they used to do it, you just felt pampered. You felt taken mm-hmm. care of. Like, wow, you thought mm-hmm. of that too? That's really smart. That's really cool. Thank you so much. And at <laughs> least they're starting with a hundred. But let me chime in like, right here for a minute. Sure. If yeah. you are not the same as your ideal customer, that's going to create an issue. Yes. As long as you are your ideal customer, that'll work great. I didn't want to go too close to the very particular things. It's just how people are taken care of. Like, yeah. So it's a decision of where, where you sell and where you uh, create content. And that mm-hmm. doesn't have anything to do with the type of person you are versus someone else. It's just do you feel like you're taking care of your people the way you would like to be taken care of? Or are you pushing too hard or are you not pushing hard enough, you know, at this particular moment? And I don't know how, how people generally, on the average, really think about that kind of stuff. And it sounds like you have to work with people a little bit to get them to, to think a little more like that, right? Right, totally. And, and really it's, uh, you know, one of my favorite exercises is, is, you know, going through something that a client created or something that a client wrote and say, okay, now take, take I out of this entire sequence and replace it with you. And what does the message actually say? You know, because somebody reading yeah. it, they want to see you, you, you. You know, it's, it's we're talking to them. You know, we're trying to help them. They don't care about us. You know, they, they don't care about us and our lives and who we are and what we did. And, you know, we're, you know, they're, they're looking for the benefit. Or they're looking for the transformation in working with us provides or buying from us or learning from us or whatever. You know, they don't care about who we are. I mean, yeah, there's a little story that maybe, you know, can be used to bond somebody to you, like, you know, I was a former Pepsi truck driver, you know, so 11 years ago, I was driving a Pepsi semi, you know, delivering pop. And then I took the, the leap of starting a blog. And here I am, you know, uh, some people still remember that story. I don't use it much anymore because it just absolutely does not reflect who I am now, you know, but some people yeah. like it, you know. So um, but at the end of the day, it's all about that transformation. Yeah. I, I just love this stuff. Is there any so after ten years, have you, have you, is it? Do you require more than just uh, making a living and providing for your family and and things like that? I mean, do you, are you choosy with the kinds of clients you really get into and work with now because of you need more than just a, you know, a thriving successful business, but yeah, that you need to be turned I mean, on by stuff. I really do. I mean, you know, the, the, the projects that we work with, I, A, need to believe in them. B, I need to, uh, you know, really see how they're going to help the world and how there's an opportunity that, that they're going to be able to help the world. Um, I don't do things based on money anymore. <laughs> like, I just don't. You know, it's, 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 there's, so, there's, there's so much of it, you know, that, that uh, just in general, you know, that, that um, you know, it, it's, I, I do stuff because I'm excited about it. I work with clients that I really like. I love, from a client perspective, I love being challenged, you know, so every challenge, every client, they have different, there's different opportunities for growth there. And what I can do is once we figure out that 
particular opportunity, you know, once we once we find a solution, then I can I can put it into our software products. I can create software for that opportunity. You know, it's it's the client work is really a growth mechanism for me. Um, so, and I love the challenge. I mean, I love putting the puzzles together, and I love marketing and business. And um, I can talk about it all day long. I do talk about it all day long. You know? so. Good thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hard to talk all day long about something you're not so plussed about. <laughs> right. Well, and that's it's, it's one thing I tell my clients. It's like, look, they're like, well, I want to start something in some niche. I'm like, are you actually passionate about it? Do you care? You know, and they're like, well, not really. I just want to make a buck. And I'm like, well, you're going to be in that niche for three years. You know, can you see the next three years or years of your life? It turns into something that's making a million dollars a month, which it very well could. You know, um, would you be excited? They'll be like, well, I'd be excited about the money. I'm like, the money isn't enough. You know, once you get to that 10 or 15 or 20,000 or $50,000 a month, the money no longer becomes the reason why you're doing something. It has to be because you love it. Um, and they're like, oh, well, I didn't think about it like that. I'm like, after you buy everything it is you want, what are you going to do? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it really gets to that point. And a lot of people are just in that real quick mode. I think that goes all the way back to the beginning of our conversation today, which is staring at a blank screen, needing to get a blog post done or whatever, thinking that your problem is the blank screen that's in front of you right now. And it's not. Mm-hmm. It's nope. the blank screens that are to come. Tomorrow yeah. and next week and next month, and you yeah. have to solve those problems and think that far ahead. Like it's, I always tell people it's like putting on a party for somebody, and you, uh, you have to design it from when they knock on the door and hand you the, the, the crappy wine that they brought for your party, and then you take their <laughs> coat, and then you, you plan for you know, where they're going to eat. I mean, you've got to do all of that stuff, and you don't start yeah. planning that when they knock on the door. No. Right. <laughs> yep. So I, we're running out of time, man. I want to I want to make sure that everybody knows where to find you. Uh, so where does everybody need to go to get goodies from you? Yeah. So goodies from me. Um, Scriptly.org is the is the email marketing software. There's five or six reports in there that is going to. If you go to Scriptly.org/reports, that is going to jumpstart the education process to learn more about done for you programs or signing up even for, for just an action plan call with me, go to platinumtrafficclub.com. Again, it's platinumtrafficclub.com and you'll sign up for an action plan call with me personally. We'll get on the phone, talk about your business and figure out if there's a way to work together. Well, Jake, thank and I you highly so recommend it. Today. Yeah. Cool. Thanks so much. So for was I right really at the beginning really of the call, it. Jack? Yes, you were right. Little leverages of the year. You get to wear a crown for the day. Boom. Good. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I wanted was the crown. (laughs) Thank you, Jason. Thank you. And if you ever need me to be back on, I'd love to. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Leverage Masters. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Bye. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Blackbook page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.